Welcome to the sixth episode of what is and forever will be known as the Scoreboard Podcast. I'm Mike, and sitting across from me is a man that needs no introduction, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. It's my brother, Darren Johnson. How you doing, Darren? I'm doing pretty good. Today, we have a nice little lineup for you guys and your listening pleasure. <laughs> Darren's having fun over there, hiding behind the mic. It's pretty funny. Uh, we're going to jump right into the lineup. Uh, batting first will be Cardell Jones, taking out his frustrations on the NC2A on Twitter. Uh, next is a huge shakeup right before the draft with the Titans and the Rams. Then we've got some halftime shenanigans. Then we're going to take some tubby time. We're going to talk about Tubby Smith and his big move. Uh, then we're also uh, batting cleanup. We're going to have a potpourri of NBA topics. That's going to be a little fun. Maybe do a little playoff predictions and stuff like that. So let's get right in and talk sports stuff. Let's do that. All right, now we're going to j- jump right into the first quarter here. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Cardale Jones a little bit. Now, Cardale Jones, if you don't know, is the quarterback or was the quarterback at Ohio State. He uh, he came in as a substitution whenever uh, starter JT Barrett started struggling a little bit, uh, not this past year's season, but the one before. And he led the Buckeyes to a surprise national championship win over the Oregon Ducks. And uh, a lot of people said that whenever he – could have come out last year to the NFL draft. He did not come out, and he probably would have been like a top five pick because there were some teams needed quarterbacks like the Titans and so on, uh, and the you know Bucks and stuff like that. But so anyway, he's been going off on Twitter a little bit about the NCAA and their rules and regulations. Yeah, he's basically just kind of burning his bridges there. You know, don't you think he's kind of calling the NCAA f- uh, out for their rules and regulations, as you said there, but for kind of exploiting the uh, the athletes. And he's also complained on Twitter, talking about basically asking in 2012 as a freshman, uh, famously, why he needed to uh, go to class and when the only reason he came to Ohio State was to play football. So, uh, you know, it kind of puts you in perspective where this kid's coming from on this. So, I mean, he's kind of complained about, like, you know, that they're, the schools are also unfair, are unfair with uh, controlling the students, athletes, as far as, like, what they eat mm-hmm. and uh, when they practice and play, which mm-hmm. is kind of odd to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I see, and I've had opinions on this in the past and the whole Edo Banning case and paying players and stuff like that. I'm, I'm more on the side of I think these, these athletes, you know, maybe they could do a little more for them, but I don't feel like they need to get paid. I think that – all that money and stuff like that. There's a lot of jobs you get, even as a job or whatever, where you're not going to get paid right away like you're a professional. I just, I don't know. Like, like big money paid, right? Right, like big money, like getting paid yeah. like they're an NFL star. I feel like, I feel like that, that cheapens the uh, the sport itself and, and and the tradition and everything that is college football. And I, I mean, they're, they're getting a free education. How many kids out here would love to have a free education? Right. And, well, and the problem with that is is the they don't realize. I mean, they're, you, they're looking at it from one angle of it. I mean, they're, they're working they're, – they're, they're kind of uh, paying for their talents with that scholarship in their opinion, but they're not really counting that scholarship because like as in his, his situation, he's saying, he I'm not care. really here for the education. Yeah, he didn't care. I'm here to play football. Right. He's here to play. So, that's, and that's sad. Don't you feel like oh, that's it is. super sad? It, is. It's, it shows where <laughs> things are leading. I mean, anymore because it's not, you don't get these people like uh, Peyton Manning and like uh, Buddy Hill, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to stay mm-hmm. and uh, play all four years uh, with that school. And, that really school and education yeah. means a lot to them. Uh, you know, other people like that stuff like, and it, it's 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 as far as a statement on society i think it's sad that a kid doesn't actually want to get an education while he's there too mm-hmm. you know what i mean i realize that football is important to him but football is not going to last forever and you know what if you what if you don't do well in the nfl you get to the nfl and then you don't do well you, you sit on the bench for two or three years and you get a couple you know a million or two or whatever you know a lot of players blow right through that oh, yeah. they have these symposiums and conferences and stuff like that on 
how to spend your money and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, because the percentage rate is crazy oh, for oh, yeah. bankruptcy after oh, yeah. after the leaks. So. Oh yeah, for players going down uh, mm-hmm. as far as doing that stuff. I don't know. I just I read that there was some other some some tweets also from Darren Ravel where he came back and he said uh, Cardell Jones would have made about five thousand dollars before taxes if he split jersey royalties with Ohio State. Because one of the things uh, Jones said was. Um, why shouldn't a collegiate athlete be able to use their own likeness slash brand to benefit themselves, but yet the NCAA can sell their jerseys? And then he put like a little emoji like face. It was like, mm-hmm, or whatever, looking at it. So he would have made $5,000. And then he said, uh, let's see, what college kid would turn down 5K if it makes him an employee, strips him of grant plus taxes, his room and board, and non-scholarship benefits? So basically, what if, what if they did start paying these players, all right? Mm-hmm. But then to go to that school, those kids, that money they got, they had to actually pay for their education and pay for their clothes and food and all this stuff, that and the other. But the thing is, too, like you've got all these big stars, right? What, are you going to pay the other players less? Are you going to pay the, the big stars more? They're going to want it's, – it's it's just a weird, slippery slope. I, I agree that they can give them a stipend. I don't like the thing where Steve Spurrier a while back was talking about taking money out of his own pocket or whatever to pay these kids and stuff like that. I don't like that. But what if they gave him like so much a year, like five grand a year, to like go to the movies or do whatever or buy some gear? or I'm cool with that, giving them something, but they need to be across the board, all athletes. They need to come up with some figure. I don't care if you're swimming, tennis, whatever. Now, I realize there's big money sports that make – but they need to take all that big money and divide it or whatever. And I think a lot of these kids think that they're making millions and, and way more money. But what do you think all those millions make? All those renovations on like their, their rooms or the stadium? It just There's tons of stuff. Well, it, I've seen it in both kind of lights. It uh, depends where, you know, like you think about uh, ESPN, the, the money that they paid out to uh, to these, to SEC and these schools like Alabama Texas. for, I mean, and, and like I said, it's it's crazy. Yeah, with the networks and, and things like that. And these students, you talk about $5,000. You mm-hmm. telling me there's no way, man. I, I just don't feel like the primetime players, to me, it, here's the way I kind of, I'm I'm split with it honestly because I feel like on one hand, uh, you know I kind of love the way it is already set up and that's the way it's been and I feel like you know what are you what are you doing you're changing you know the dynamic of how it's always been and here's on the other hand I also look at it as uh, you know in any any other uh, avenue you take like you know after school after high school right mm-hmm. uh, if whether you don't go to college or uh, whether you do go to college you have to start working for what you want unless you earn a scholarship with education right mm-hmm. uh, so in the light of that um, it's almost like you kind of get a pass with sports and it's always kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of taking up for, you know, the, the bookworms with it a little bit. And, and like I said, it's kind of, I feel like it's almost unfair to, uh, for them to be complaining about money side of it and, mm-hmm. and needing, you know, the education when you've got somebody over here, who's, who may end up being a president or a rocket scientist, who's there with a purpose also at the education, right. but paying for maybe, or, you know, working harder on, you know, to yeah, uh, yeah. pay for that, the meals and stuff like that. When you kind of tell me that those kids right there aren't on meal plans and like UT, I watch all the time with their football teams, they've got buffets set out and they kind of oh, set yeah. them up on a regimen, but they're getting fed. They're like, like other kids like I, that I watched, you know, going to right. the ETSU, they, yeah. I mean, they were eating like yeah. uh, ramen noodles and yeah. like little skis. I don't want to hear about like you know <laughs> you're starving there because I see Tennessee and them eating like fruits and steaks. And, they get you know, they get well chicken. taken care so it's, of. You know, I mean you know you get all kinds of benefits. Plus yeah. the if you go to a bowl game like Ohio State's been going to, they get like 
watches oh, and yeah. packages and stuff. So I mean, you always get benefits and stuff, but it's just it's never good enough. It's always more and more and more and more because that's, that's the they hear the stories is, yeah. and it's become building. You know, every year we get mm-hmm. more and more, and so they they've heard well, you know, back in this this past year they got this or this or this. Well, we should get more than that, you know, or yeah. this or at least. It's always going to be like that. Well, one thing, last thing I'll say about it is, do you think that it would be better off for like, say, a kid comes out of high school to have like a to like a minor league? football i mean would that be would that be better i mean i wouldn't like it because it's not not tradition like i just i feel like take away the scholarship given away and Mm -hmm. uh make them have to pay for it and pay pay the kids like you know saying pay for the let them pay for it if if they feel like that's the way they want to do it then take away the scholarships to where schools have to obligate having to pay for these kids you know in certain scholarships and in my opinion like i said Mm -hmm. if if you want to be paid for it then well then pay them fairly like it's a regular job tax it and do everything else Mm -hmm. and and take away the the free ride you know i'm saying like (laughs) i save that for somebody who's you know if if you have to take it off the education side too and like i said if to make it all fair because like i said it's going to raise concerns and eyebrows on both sides of it you know they need to figure out they need to look at it very yeah like i said very closely to to make a decision i think yeah, let's carry this on to uh, to the second quarter now. And uh, I want to talk about in the second quarter, the uh, Tennessee Titans uh, trading their, their uh, pick this year, the That's number crazy. one pick that we just talked about that a, was a week awesome. or so ago, uh, to the uh, L.A. Rams, the uh, the new L.A. Rams. Uh, yeah, what, what did you kind of think about that? I, well, I got really excited because I didn't, you know, as we said a couple a couple weeks ago or whatever, we were talking about the draft pick and Tunsil and Ramsey or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was saying Ramsey was the better pick as far as like the more exciting pick. Tunsil was was you know the solid pick or whatever but I don't know man it's like I was listening to uh listening to some guys talk about this and I, they were saying that like now the Titans it was at Mike Keith of the uh Tennessee Titans like radio network uh, touchdown Titans and he was saying that they're uh I think John Robinson's the guy's name that runs the Titans now the general manager and he was saying they have draft currency now so mm-hmm. He's looking, maybe looking to trade some of those picks to get other players, or to get maybe trade back up in the draft because they've got like I think nine picks or something in this year's draft. I, I felt like it was really lopsided as far as the Rams go. I felt like they got the lower the lower end of the bargain. But then what if you're the Rams and you get your franchise quarterback? I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a really slip. It's a really uh, what am I looking for? Like a like a risky thing for the Rams to do, but it may pay off. Well, well Tennessee sent their top pick, mm-hmm. uh, the fourth uh, and sixth round picks. Uh, to the Rams, and that's all the Rams obtained. Okay, was three picks. Now the Titans they picked up uh, the fifteenth pick in the first round, uh, second round pick, a third round pick, and the twenty sixteen round, and which are all you know towards the front. Uh, they also got uh, a twenty seventeen uh, first round and third round pick. That's so, crazy. That's the thing's crazy too, because if you think about it, they got six of the first seventy six picks in this year's draft. So it's going to be a lot of Titans mm-hmm. in this year's draft, and they're talking about taking some of those picks, possibly trading up a little bit, getting a really good offensive lineman or a defensive back, something they need. But then next year, like the Rams or whatever, if they if they they get this rookie quarterback, more than likely they're not going to have a really good season because the two rookies last year, what Winston and Mariota. They didn't have really good seasons, and both those teams uh, are still picking pretty. I mean, Winston did good. Mariota did right, did pretty decent. Right, until but, he got the, hurt. but their record was terrible. Is what I'm saying, and so were the Bucks. Well, they weren't that good. Either. You got to look at the team. Yeah, they're still. I won't say that the quarterbacks didn't do good. What I'm saying is, those teams are still drafting high. So more than likely, the Rams are not going to do that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm still just, building. Yeah, I feel like I feel like my problem with the Rams trading to get up is. For one, why are you you're you're trying to build? You're trying to make a splash, right? So, mm-hmm. what is their effect of it? In my opinion, mm-hmm. I feel like they just they just felt like they had to uh, 
to be that pick. They had to be the somebody out front. They're for, starting over a new. You know what I'm saying? They're moving to this new town. They want to show. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, like, I'm down with it. It's a, it was a good it was a good move for them. I feel like, yeah, well, I wonder if it won't bite them though. You know, it could, it was Brad though. like the a repeat of the Bradford uh, woes. So you right, know, Mr. back Glass. right. Uh, so that I mean. That kind of got him, and like when they thought he was their man, um, they ended up trading a pick to uh, uh, Redskins, the Redskins, yep. which was RG three. Um, now that was kind of an odd, but and that deal looked lopsided at the time, but now in, in retrospect, you're like, well, no, still, neither like, one of those, neither one of them really yeah, paid off. But yeah, but, uh, yeah like, and it's like I said, with um, it's like they were talking about the Rams picking up uh, another quarterback they're wanting to pick mm-hmm. up, and they were looking at Car- uh, Carson Wentz of North Dakota State. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Jared Jared Goff from uh, California. Yeah. Um, but, unless uh, unless you like unless you do like a lot of film study or whatever with these two quarterbacks, you wouldn't know. I mean, we if, right. if, if you watch a little bit of college football, you know Jared Goff is pretty good. What the thing is, they say he's got small hands, right, or whatever. But uh, so maybe he wouldn't be able to grip footballs good, throw the long balls good. I or guess whatever. He's, got, he's got whopper hands, right? right. He, but then <laughs> the, the Carson Wentz kid is one of these kids that I guess they said didn't get recruited, but he's got the perfect body and build, and he's got all this like confidence and everything and he he's the pick that everybody's wanting but he he also could be one of those times like a pick with um where he's just getting hyped up you know what i mean the, the every almost every single draft i don't care if it's nba nhl mlb whatever there's some player that gets like pumped up right before the beginning of the draft mm. um what i was going to say earlier about the rams is um oh god now i lost my train of thought is Totally lost it. Okay. Totally lost well, it. I'll get my back thing in a is second. like I, they were leaning. They're from what I the word is they're leaning towards Goff with uh, their pick, uh, and like you were talking about, he's they're, they're neither one of them have kind of been like a big star player, but you know, like you want to go back to some of these other quarterbacks that mm. you find like you know, uh, uh, for example, Elway back in the day, uh, kind of coming out, and I mean they want. I wouldn't say that they were uh, Elway was a star at the Stanford, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I feel like. Uh, Say for Big Big Ben, that uh, mm-hmm. was a good example. Like coming from, uh, that was Ohio. some good uh, some good uh, draft study or whatever. Because he was like, I mean, he was out of Miami, Ohio. Right. I remember him, and he wasn't like a huge deal. But they, I mean, they got a gem. He's been a good quarterback. Yeah, so, I mean, just you, leave girls and maybe just maybe you know yeah. you'll get one of that. Like um, and and with uh, Green Bay, you know, you've uh-huh. got uh, coming out of Cal um, Rogers, Rogers, yeah, yeah Rogers. He sat for every, what, for a good amount of years. Yeah, right behind so he Brett had a good Farr. he had a good mentor in front mm-hmm. of him to kind of learn from. Um, now, like I said, the uh, the Rams uh, we talked about how Wednesday the uh, the deal was completed with the mm-hmm. Titans, mm-hmm. but they kind of held back they for did, a day. They didn't want to mess with Kobe, right? That was, right. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was actually kinda, really nice. They yeah. moving to LA. It was a nice. Uh, nod I think, yeah, to it was Kobe. a nod because I don't think they wanted to you know mess the, with the town you know a little bit there. What I was going to say earlier, and I finally came back to me, is that it, that, that pick that's the first round pick next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. If they uh, do poorly. And they have a high draft pick. That's also going to turn out well, you know, for the Titans. You know what I mean? Because they're going to get a really high top pick next year, or possibly a top ten pick next year if the Rams don't do that well. New city, new quarterback, rookie quarterback, stuff like that. Re- just build, rebuilding that roster. And also another thing that's being thrown out there is Jeff Fisher's career being tied to this. Now Jeff Fisher's not been to the playoffs in a while since no. he was with the Titans or whatever. Yeah. And they steadily and slowly went downhill. Some poor, like they it got some age on the roster and the running back situation. Well, since Eddie George left, they've really not been all that good. They had the one year with Kerry Collins where I think they were like thirteen and three, had the best record in the NFL, and then got beat by the Baltimore Ravens and mm-hmm. old. Uh, 
Joe Flacco. And they've they've been going steadily downhill since then as far as that goes. And they can't get a good quarterback. I mean, since Steve McNair is gone, now finally they're looking to build with this quarterback. So I think mm-hmm. they're building in the right direction. I actually like Malarkey as a coach. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm excited for Titans fans as being a, a slight Titans fan as well. I, I do like the Titans a lot. I'm excited to see what they're going to do in this draft. Yeah, I think, I think next year is going to be uh, promising, especially if they can load up a little bit in this draft. There was a lot of games they lost this last year, just barely. Yeah. I mean, really, they got beat. Barry Oda's a great quarterback. I mean, I seen him play against Cam uh, in, in Carolina, yeah. and, and like I said, it was they still they put up a fight. I mean, as young mm-hmm. as he is and coming in, I, you you know he's just going to get better if, if, they, if they give him the protection. If they can keep him upright, and if Demarco Murray can actually run like I know he can, you know Murray's only been in the league like five years. Has he? Really? I looked the other day. This is he's he, last year was like I think I think his fifth year, and he's he's I can't believe that because I feel like he's an old man, like he's been here forever. Because mm-hmm. I actually did look it up when the Titans got him, and I was like, whoa, he's only been in the league like five years. So that's that's if he can get to. To what he was in Dallas with that offensive line, mm-hmm. man, the Titans could be tough to stop. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move into halftime. And uh, don't forget that you can uh, check out the Scoreboard Podcast on iTunes. And uh, you can head over to the website at thescoreboardpodcast.com and uh, check out that website and click on the big blue button or the orange button if you go on uh, Android. And uh, you can check us out and, uh, and give us a few plays or extra few numbers there. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at uh, Scoreboard Pod. Like us on the iTunes, too. That helps. That's true. And uh, we'll just go ahead and move on to our uh, entertainment for this week. And gonna awesome. we're going to talk about some odd baseball stadium features. Oh, nice. This is cool. So... Uh, my first one I want to talk about is uh, the University of Texas. Have okay. you heard about the cliff in the middle field? No, center I, field? I, I am. I, okay. I have no idea. Uh, from 1928 to uh, 1975, the Longhorns played their games on a field with a cliff in center field. Uh, and it was like, like – Like they had to run around it? Let's, let's talk them like – it's not talking like a like – you know, a huge cliff, but I mean, like probably like six, six, five, six feet, something like that. Like yeah. just a big rock thing. Now they had done like some construction and I guess that, I don't know if that money, money was in, like the issue. There's like kind of a debate about what the deal was there. Yeah. It was just, it was in the field of play. And, uh, Whoa. yeah. And like I said, the, the fence kind of ran up above and, uh, they had, awesome. they had what they called the Billy goat trail and on this to the left right, of the, right, right. the hill. So what it was, yes, yeah, was players running up to get, to get fly, the, uh, yeah. fly balls. And they had yeah. like little stories about how, uh, they would hit somebody would hit the ball right, and it would hit the rocks, and the player would run up the Billy Goat Trail to try to get the ball right, uh-huh. and it would bounce back down to where they started at. Uh-huh. So they would end up like you know chasing back and forth. So this was kind of a funny little thing. It seems going like on there. super dangerous. Yeah, it's well, like quite <laughs> it's dangerous. A very odd. Well, in 1970, the NCAA ruled that uh, the balls that went up on the top of the the uh, cliff were ground rule doubles. So they kind of stopped any, Get any the rock play out of going there. there. So yeah. it basically became you know uh, out of play. And uh, so it's kind of an odd little feature there for Texas, and and it's like I said, I don't, I'm not exactly sure when they stopped it, but uh, we're gonna move on to the the major league uh-huh. and talk about uh, some fences, but we're gonna talk about the Kansas City A's. Okay. And in the 1960s, they had an owner called uh, Charlie Finley, mm-hmm. and he wanted to change the the losing ways that surrounded the team, and uh, he looked to uh, to the Bronx and uh, studied the Yankees a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, he noted that. They had what they called a, the a porch. It okay. was a short porch, you know, whatever. Uh, it was like a little platform and, and uh, to the right field. And uh, so basically he went out in, uh, before the 1964 season, uh, knocked down the right field seats, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, built a, a, what he called pennant porch and mm-hmm. uh, replaced the seats. And he ended up moving the wall in uh, to 296 feet and, uh, from home plate. Now this is the exact same as Yankee Stadium. Uh-huh. And... Uh, 
turns out in 1958, uh-huh. the MLB had passed a rule saying that no future ballparks uh, could have a distance uh, of the foul pole being less than 325 feet. Oh, man. There goes the porch so, and all yeah, the Yeah, the porch and all that stuff. <laughs> now, um, what was funny is that uh, the Yankee Stadium, the reason why they had their their fence in so close uh-huh. was that they were uh, they were kind of grandfathered in mm-hmm. in this uh, this rule with uh, with a, a couple other parks, and they didn't have to change anything in 1958 when this rule kind of set in. So that's Ooh. why he was oblivious to the fact that some, yeah. some teams had it and some teams didn't. Uh, so that kind of... Uh, was an odd little thing that he could have needed. No, yeah. to a little bit late, probably cost him a few dollars. Yeah, I bet. Uh, next is uh, third on my list is Minute Maid Park uh, for the Houston Astros. I know of this park, yeah. Um, have you heard of Towles Hill? Not, no. Uh, Towles Hill is uh, named after Tal Smith, okay. the uh, Astros president. Oh, I was thinking like a logo, a little towel with a smiley right. face. Right. No, okay. uh, Towel, T A L S. Oh, okay, sorry. So uh, uh, the uh, Houston's Park uh, has a hill in uh, center field uh, with a uh, flagpole in the center of this hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it's a 30-degree incline, mm-hmm. and it, the, the pole is centered in that hill. Uh, several players uh, have complained about this, saying it's a you know, dangerous hazard. It's like the rock. And, you can uh, trip and twist yeah, an ankle. It's just right or, in the middle, yeah. slam right into this pole, and you're right. running back for a flagpole. So uh, the, uh, on top of that, there were a, a, bunch of, a bunch of fans who have actually uh, filled out a petition for this to have it removed. And uh, oddly enough, this was all abandoned. And so the, the pole still stands to this day. Uh, is an odd little feature. Very cool. So, uh, fourth is uh, swimming pool at Chase Field. I know of this one. I do know this one. This is a little crazy. Now, it costs $4,500 to uh, $6,500 to rent this. Yeah, to like swim in it during the game. Yeah, swim in it during the game. You'll see people out there. Right. And there's a, it comes with a bar, hot tub, spa treatments, and it accommodates 35 people uh, with uh, an exclusive menu, uh, plush patio seating, private uh, changing rooms, showers, and restrooms. Um, now, uh, without steroids anymore in baseball, mm-hmm. uh, it's most likely you won't catch a ball. Right. But, Thank God uh, baseball games are like only, four hours because yeah. you got a lot to do in there. Well, it's, it's 415 feet from home plate, so it's most likely – there's only been a few players that have been able to splash. Yeah. Frank Thomas it. could have put it in there. Right. And uh, some like some other honorable mentions I want to talk about were uh, were the uh, humidors at Coors Field. Did you know about this? Mm-mm. Of course, with the elevation, you know, mm, you have right. uh, density, so the ball carries further. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of people, you know, has this, you know, speculation that it, it carries further. Well, uh, MLB kind of found out or about it and made them, they use uh, hum, uh, humid humidifiers, basically. Mm-hmm. They put the balls inside the humidifier or to humidors, basically, and they'll weight the ball a little bit so that it, they, and like I said, they had numbers were, were higher before, and what they kind of done, they started using those humidifiers, and basically they the numbers declined to uh, normal Man. average um hitting numbers to the yeah. league so they found a little Sports counter to science it. i guess right so uh that was kind of a cool thing and uh the uh other thing was metrodome the metrodome roof okay have you heard about this no nope. like so back in 1984 mm-hmm. uh, a guy named dave kingman mm-hmm. uh he was hitting and uh the ball was knocked into the roof and it never returned oh he gets to keep a, running forever. It was a neoprene roof, and uh, I guess it got yeah. wedged up in there. That's and, uh, awesome. I used to have all kinds of complaints with this because it was a white roof, and uh, it was like inflatable, and a lot of players comp- would complain because you, you would look up for a foul ball and it would get lost. you get lost, yeah, because yeah, it's all Yeah, you couldn't find it. It's all yeah. white. 
So uh, that was another little. It's got odd the thing. red threads. I want, did they count it as a home run? Do we know? Oh, you, that? Can, you, can, you can't see that. So yeah. far away. <laughs> is, it, is it a home run? They're like, all right, we gotta wait till the ball comes down to see I what mean, happens. It's a pretty good hit. I mean, it's almost yeah. like hitting the uh, the jumbotron at Cowboy Stadium. I guess. Oh, like, the the, punters, I remember that. Yeah, you know? the punters were hitting that when they first yeah. put the big TV in. Now, uh, the last notable thing I want to talk about was the uh, the Ivy at Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. and there was being a brick wall behind that. Oh yeah, it's one of the few it's stadiums that uh, has that kind of a dangerous thing. They're the, this, they they added the ivy. We think for for a cushioning. We mm-hmm. know it's more for uh, cosmetic reasons, as the uh, owner says. There's a lot of cool baseball parks out there, like the Green Giant Boston or whatever is a really cool thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like my one of my personal favorites is um, the Baltimore Orioles Camden Yards. Yeah, it, it's it's like a small, quaint little place. It's cool. It's got the warehouses in the background. I think it's just a cool park. And I've I've read some about like baseball stadiums stuff like that. That's that usually voted one of the top parks to go visit. Um, I always like the Nationals because uh, they kind of got the the monuments and stuff and yeah, the, the, the walkway the, the new glass, one when they just you know? rebuilt it there. Mm-hmm. It just happened it was like four, five, six years ago, whatever it was. But it's, it's really cool too. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the uh, beautiful giant stadium with the uh, the bay with the boats. Oh yeah, out where everybody's out there Iconic. in the kayaks Iconic. and stuff. Yeah, yeah trying, trying to catch, catch balls. home runs. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool ballparks. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and carry on to the uh, the third quarter, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about uh, Tubby Smith getting hired from Memphis. Yes, Tubby's. <laughs> so, Tubby, Tubby Smith, he's 64. He uh, he just left Texas Tech and mm-hmm. uh, went to Memphis, agreed to a five-year deal uh, for $15.45 million. That's a lot of dough. It is. What do you think about that? I don't, see, the thing is, is a lot of people are, from what I'm listening to, are, are complaining that he left like a bigger conference, like the Big 12 for the AAC. The AAC. Mm-hmm. But um, Memphis is a more prominent basketball school mm. you get a lot of recruits at memphis there's a lot of kids that come out of memphis to play basketball oh, yeah. so it's 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 more for him to he will be better he'll be able to succeed i feel like better at memphis and get to the tournament and stuff like that whereas the conference he's in the talent he's going to be able to pull texas tech is fine all right mm-hmm. but they're not the top class of the big 12 as far as basketball is concerned yeah. well the thing is like memphis to a lot of coaches is a top 25 school yeah. uh you know every year like calipari uh, got his job for Kentucky coming from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent. Did like Pastner, D Rose, go? Uh, Anthony Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talent comes through out of there. Uh, Stokes, my mm-hmm. boy Stokes, come out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of. It's a hotbed. Uh, mm-hmm. It's center, centrally located for the South. Uh, now, what was you asking me? I'm sorry. No, Josh Pastner. He just left. He was the coach there, right? He went he to Georgia left. Tech. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he did. I knew he went to a pretty good school, so it was yeah. another stepping stone. And yeah. Georgia Tech's predominantly ACC. been a good school. ACC is huge in basketball. And yeah, they didn't well this past year, actually. Yeah. Uh, good for him. I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised the way uh, to see him kind of step down. I mentioned that a few weeks ago. I used to really like Georgia Tech in basketball when I was a kid growing up, and that's I'd like to see them good again. I, I would uh, really enjoy that because they've always been a pretty good basketball school down there in Atlanta. Now the uh, the conference just picked up like three coaches, like uh, Tulane. Uh, they mm-hmm. picked up a good coach. Uh, like I said, there's they're they're kind of racking up with like some bigger names. They bring in Telly uh, or Telly Tubby. <laughs> Telly Tubby, Tubby, there it is. Tubby Smith. Uh, you know he's a national championship coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, you know he coached at Minnesota uh, for in 2013. He took him to the tournament. Uh, he was fired fired abruptly uh, for no reason. Um, but then he went and took uh, Texas Tech to the tournament uh, this past season mm-hmm. uh, in his third year. But uh, he left uh, three years on that contract, uh, which will cost him nine hundred thousand dollars to buy out. Um, 
But uh, with 15, 15 mil on the table, I think he's going to have. I think yeah, he's pretty good dollars. coach as far as that goes, as part yeah. for them or whatever. He was a big deal at Kentucky. Remember, he came right in and won a yeah. national championship. Yeah, he was there in there. 07 with uh, Saul. Saul Smith or whatever. He was. I thought he was a pretty good coach, and I thought he kind of got a raw deal when they let him go at, at Kentucky. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I wish him I wish him the best because, yeah, he, out of all the Kentucky coaches that I've seen, uh, he, he seemed like a really solid dude. I don't know if that matters or not, but he seemed like a nice guy to me. So I, right. I wish him the best. Uh, he, he ended up uh, with an overall record of uh, so far as with mm-hmm. 557 and 276. That's awesome. It's really not bad. That's a good record. Uh, yeah. And like I said, with the championship, I mean, you really have a, a good resume. And he's yeah. been in, in, you know, kind of out to the side a little bit for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, Texas Tech is okay, but it's more of a football school. Don't get me wrong. It really is. So it's. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of nice to see him kind of climb back up in the ranks. And I'd like to see him kind of competing a little bit better. He will be he will be more published and and more on television and more in people's eyeballs now that he's at Memphis rather than Texas Tech. Oh yeah, and he coached from '97 to 2007. Uh, he coached his son Saul Smith uh, from '97 to uh, 2001, mm-hmm. and uh, his son Orlando also played uh, played for Georgia, if you remember, mm-hmm. and uh, played against them uh, in '95 to '99. He was good at Georgia, too. I remember him when he was there. Yeah, he's a coach, actually, now. A collegiate coach. Uh, I'm not oh, sure wow. who he's coaching. Um, and uh, Saul's actually, uh, he was a the video, um, like he would film do film and stuff for Texas uh-huh. Tech's team uh, for really? uh, Tubby. That's the Where Are They Now? That's like a VH1 yeah, so special right there cool. with Saul. If you're wondering where he's at, he's not in the NBA. So, yeah, so good luck to uh, Tubby Smith, as much as I didn't like him at Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right, guys. I, I, I do believe we uh, beat him a few times. I think yeah, at least I've seen him a few times. Uh, so let's let's carry on to our uh, our fourth, which is going to be a bigger topic. There's for a the lot day. of stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's kind of uh, three and one. And uh, well, first I want to get into before we get into the pl- the whole playoff thing. We want to talk some heavy playoff stuff today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, was the first thing about the NBA approving. Uh, some ads on their jerseys. I, I, this has been a biggest yeah. one of my biggest fears for the longest time. I don't like I, this. I hate I soccer doing it. Yeah, I don't like the soccer does. It WNBA either, does it. I guess people are used to it or whatever, but I don't. I don't like it. It's it's going to be like a small patch from what I was reading, two and a half yeah, by two and, and, and a half, half inches, yeah. and it's they say it's only a three year trial deal. I'm doing air quotes that you can't hear on right. the, on the can't see. Yeah, you can't you can't see this. Um, you never hear air quotes. You can't, you, that's what I say, that's why I said you can't hear them. You can't hear air quotes. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's all the three-year trial period, but you know that trial period is going to stick. Come on, unless right. people like throw a fit about it, like the sleeve jerseys that they maybe people throw a fit about this too. That's what I think they were talking about was putting it on the left sleeve of the jersey. When I heard sleeve, I'm thinking like, oh, were they wearing the Christmas ones all all, all oh, year gosh, or no. what? Ugh, but uh, gross. I, I'm thinking they're going to put it on the left chest, I guess. Area. I'm assuming. Now, something I want to talk about was odd about it was that this is going to happen in 2017, 18. Uh, it's the same year that uh, Nike takes over from Adidas. Snap. And uh, as you, if you didn't know, Adidas does make the NBA jerseys, but their logos are not on the current jer- game jerseys right now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the part that's tucked in, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> like the little tag that well, says They usually have it up on large. the top left chest right here. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right above uh, the uh-huh. uh, Oh, yeah. It's usually the logo West. right there. Uh, so what gets me about it was the fact that uh, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, come out and uh, – Adam Silver. Yes, basically, he said that the NBA swoosh would be on uh, 29 teams' uh, jerseys, um, and one team was excluded from that list. Do you know why? I'd like to know who that is. Didn't catch it? Mm -mm. It's your boy, man. You've been upset all week about it, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Golden State. Mike's Mike's team. Who's my team? Mike's. 
Denver? Mike's. MJ's. Oh, MJ's Joy, the Bulls. Team. Sorry. Yeah. No, not the Bulls. Holy crap. Oh, Carol, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets. I'll get it eventually. They're going to they're gonna rock the uh, the Jumpman. Probably. Really? That's Most likely awesome. Most will drop, drop Good his. for them. So that's what's kind of kind of an odd thing that will stick out for the, this kind of year mm-hmm. or that year coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting into that a little bit, uh, I want to talk about who uh, Mike's you know top pick. Uh, you know we were comparing Curry to, to Mike a little bit last oh, week. Oh God! But uh, Mike's big pick was who he 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 thought was his you know reign takeover guy was was uh, Kobe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kobe played his last game on Wednesday. He did well. Put up I, sixty points. Good for him. You know, um, he I've been saying good for him a lot this whole episode. But he Kobe did did fantastic. Sixty points, man. man. And I started watching the game, and uh, I was torn between Not, which to watch between yeah, the Warriors. And, the you know, they game. were on the exact same time: the Warriors versus the Grizzlies, and then the Kobe thing. And I started off watching the Warriors because mm-hmm. I wanted them to lose real bad. But they ended up right. They ended up got it to a good lead pretty quick, and I was like, you know, oh, yeah. forget this. You knew it was going to happen as a home. So then I switch over. Kobe's not doing so well, and then he comes up and just starts start, start lighting it up the rest yeah. of the game. I did fall asleep before that's, the end. I'll that's be what got me. I was going to say it was Kobe struggling yeah. at the beginning. Uh, you know, it, like especially that first, uh, like right at the end of the uh, the half, uh, mm-hmm. he shot that one a couple of mm-hmm. you know threes, mm-hmm. and it was just bricking some stuff. And then he comes yeah. out and blows up, yeah. puts forty on the board. You yeah. know what? And I was hoping that he would come on the floor and like leave it on the floor. And there's been times in the past where I've thought Kobe Bryant was super arrogant like he's he's cocky yeah but like he uh, he's got that factor like like Mike used to have uh-huh. you know uh, he's got say, I'm sorry Mike I guess right like Jordan like Jordan yeah so I mean when, when he would he would have that cockiness and, and show and put it in somebody's face like you know we talked about how you you talked about how Curry was kind of cocky a little bit well I feel like if a player is good enough they deserve that right they there, earn that right there are certain players especially with a championship that are that are game-changing players and certain players that have what I think like a killer instinct mm-hmm. there are certain players in the NBA Kobe was one of those guys like Dwayne Wade you can tell he wants to win he wants to beat you into the ground yeah. and Kobe wanted to he mm-hmm. just hasn't had it for the last three or four years like he's been banged up he's well, just you know, he hadn't had the ups, man. Like he struggled. No, he tried to jump in this one really game in this past anymore. game mm-hmm. and actually uh, couldn't get up there and just snug it over the rim a couple of times in the game because he's his knees better just go. Now, did you hear the story about him after the game? I read a story about him after the game. Uh, he, it was it, they were the players were talking about all the fanfare and it was crazy. It was like they just won the championship. They had champagne and all stuff. Yeah. Well, they were he was walking through the locker room after he'd signed autographs as he's walking through the fans and all this stuff. And the players were all lined up for him and they all had something for him to sign. Uh-huh. A jersey, a piece of paper, a card, whatever. Well, Nick Young, who I kind of think is a moron, he had a pair of Adidas shoes. Well, mm-hmm. Kobe has is on Nike. Right. Now, Kobe originally started out with Adidas, yeah. but he but he's Nike now. So he's Kobe said Kobe took his shoes and he said I'm not going to sign these because they're Adidas. And he took the shoes and threw them in the garbage can. He said go get some Nikes. And then he came back and he brought them back. I guess and Nick Young tweeted later that he did go get some Nikes and that Kobe signed them. But I thought that was kind of a cool side note. Like yeah. in the locker room, he's like, get this trash out of here. You uh, know, like another side note from that game. Did you did you happen to catch the the intro? Huh, no, I didn't. I didn't see the five minute intro because I was watching the Golden State deal. Well, I don't know if they showed a whole lot of this. I caught mm-hmm. this little story a little bit after. It was mm-hmm. the uh, the national anthem that was played by Flea? Ugh, gross. On bass, it was like an instrumental bass thing. And if you go back and listen to it, it is horrible. I don't is know it? if he was I don't trashed really actually, or I never what. have. He's he's always been like he, kind gets, of he got wild. into a head whipping thing at one time at one point and was going into <laughs> it. And everybody's like, mm, what is going on here? Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, he's got a few notes right, but I thought it was kind of cool during the game that they interviewed Nicholson. Did you catch that? They interviewed yeah, they, Jack they Nicholson. I thought that was really cool. Talked about how how many years he'd been there. He, yeah, the he never really likes to talk or do interviews on the sideline and stuff yeah. like that because he says he's there to watch the basketball game. And I thought that was cool that he knew what an important night was there too. And there were a lot of stars there. 
Yeah. And a lot of people that wanted to see that. And I'm glad he put on a show. And like I said, he left it all on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kobe definitely stepped up. And I, I, I personally, I mean, honestly, I mean, we joked around last week. I mean, I kind of sound like I'm probably leaning towards Curry and all this stuff. But, mm-hmm. man, Kobe is who I grew up with. I mean, I've got a pair of Kobe's second pair of shoes uh, in the in the room there. And it, it's, I mean, he was my, my Jordan growing yeah. up. To me, I mean, he's the best thing that's been since Jordan. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's been sad to watch him go downhill. It is. Because, like I said, he was a killer, and he was that Jordan type of player. He was the the closest thing, I think, to Jordan since Jordan. I don't, you know, the LeBron thing and the Curry thing, it's still mm-hmm. waiting in the wings for me. I've been watching the NBA for a long time, but Kobe lived up to that Jordan type billing. My, my only thing with this, I really hate for him right now with this, is the fact that he's going, he's, he went down with this great game, right? He went mm-hmm. put up 60, but the fact that how bad the Lakers have been has kind of, yeah. almost at the end of his career, kind of taken away from the fact that how great of a player he was. Since Powell left, he's got no help at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. He got he gained tons of respect. I mean, if you look on Twitter, there was tons of tweets uh, that people, everybody tweeted out. I mean, the Mamba, I mean, the GOAT, everything. I mean, it's he's, he's idolized uh, by a lot of people. But still yet, I feel like, you had Curry going on that night and all this other stuff. And like we were talking about earlier with the Rams, when they, with their uh, you know dra- draft trade, they were talking about how they didn't want to take away from his night. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sad when you feel like that you're the Rams on your offseason and you're talking about your draft pick. Uh, not really that – I mean, you're close to the draft, but it's mm-hmm. not that significant. So I feel like two mm-hmm. Kobe's uh, last game, right? Mm-hmm. And you're having to – you feel like you have to say that mm-hmm. for people to, to watch, not not turn away from his game. I mean, you feel like I mean, does has he become that player now that that you'd rather hear about and watch ESPN and hear about what the Rams are doing in the off season with their draft well, I, pick? I think that, he put a, I think he put a squash to that with that sixty points. I think that since not, he went the, out like that, that was like a storybook movie ending. I feel like yeah, that was his jab back to where mm-hmm. the, in my opinion, a little bit of disrespect towards Kobe and how he kind of went out. It, it was kind of like, hey, I can still do it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can still do it. It's time to hang I love him up. But I got it. So uh, I don't want to carry on with that too much, but uh, also touching on with the Warriors a little Ugh. bit. Uh, yeah, your boy's record dropped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, I saw a meme on the internet with the Jordan wearing, your post, yeah, yeah wearing his six rings, and he was talking about it. Hey, hey, he said Curry said something about hey Michael, are you? This didn't really happen. It's just a meme. right. It's just a meme. but Curry said something about like did you? Uh, are you mad? This is bro? definitely somebody like Mike typing yeah. this up. So. Yeah, are you mad or bro or whatever? And he said no, I'm good. And he was holding all his six rings, and I was like, that's hilarious. Now I, I typed up like don't get me wrong, I probably wasted thirty minutes typing up a reply to you on this, yeah. and uh, and I just couldn't bring myself to type to hit enter because I, I kind of wanted to hit on that Kobe was really the greatest to me mm-hmm. uh, with five rings mm-hmm. uh, but if you go back and look at stats individual stats they want to and a lot of this comes down to like MB, MB, uh, MVP get votes you know from uh, and like opinion in my opinion based you know because uh, you had Shaq and stuff like that well Pippen never got his chance to get an MVP every, every championship Jordan played in he got MVP Mm-hmm. And so those stats like that, those small stats, make it look like Jordan is the better player. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that's all about somebody's opinion in a game. And uh, to that's me, like I, I feel year. like Kobe's was the closest you're going to get to that. Yeah. Well, you're talking about Curry just now. Like their game is 
and the MVPs that Jordan won last year in the finals, Curry wasn't even the MVP. I mean, he's a good player, or whatever. But remember, Iguodala won it. He was right. like he was clutch for them down mm-hmm. the stretch. He didn't do crap in Denver. Thanks a lot, Iggy. Mm-hmm. But in you know Golden State, being a role player, he did well. Now you're talking about Kobe. His, you know, I looked up his stats too. I'll talk about this. He averaged 25 points per game, 44 uh, percent field goal percentage. This is for his career. Uh, he averaged, uh, let's see, 5.2 rebounds per game. I mean, he had pretty, had pretty good stats. Uh, 83 percent free throw percentage, 83.7. He was a pretty good player. Um, we'll just uh, we'll just have to see if time will tell. This seventy three and nine wins as mm-hmm. far as Steph Curry goes or whatever. It's right now. It's it, that's a pretty good roster and a pretty good. They have they have honest to God they have built that team really well. Oh yeah, but, as young uh, as they all are. Yeah, they're so that, young. That's and, my uh, thing. Is you with your thing you were talking about all those rings. You know that's next. You I know like, that's next. I hope not. That's I like what's left I like, on the list. I like parody though. That's what I'm saying. I like parody. I don't like one team just crushing everybody. I would love to but, see it like just streak out and at least get five. I don't want to see a streak out, but I want to see somebody step up and say, you know what, we we're good too. You know what I mean? But that's you, what I. That want was to see. what got me. It was the, the Bulls did that though? Streaked out and like people. If and I remember back then when people were tired of it, man. To an extent, like when Jordan was still going, those you're diehards like you. Don't yeah, get not, me wrong, but we were like, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. just saying, you get like the country because like everybody was behind them, you know. Yeah. And but it was eventually it's like, man, I'm tired of seeing him win. You know, I want to see somebody. They beat even him, tried man. to put like super teams together. Remember, Barkley, Drexler, and Elijah one got together with Houston, and they're like, we're well, that's what I was going to say. Was Houston? Nope. Houston was, of course, Dad's team. That was, and I kind of I followed him a little bit because I, I loved Elijah one. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's me and Drexler. I mean, you know, like I said. Uh, it's not. Uh, I, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, it's going to be opinion and tossed around for a long time. But that record, uh, them clinching that man, it's uh, they are you know now the the greatest uh, single season team as far as that goes. Nobody's with, uh, and you know records. Like Steve right. Kerr was saying but, that uh, nobody's ever probably going to break that record, but he didn't think they would break their record either. With the well, that's what I'm, I, here's my thing. I mean, they've got they've got all kinds of who's who's to say they can't go better next year. And actually go hard. That's, and he said that in the interview you had too. He said he said you know both fans aren't expecting you know us to break that record right. next year or whatever. Right. I, I mean nobody's expecting. But but here I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you on the show. I'm gonna try to not be too loud. Congratulations, Golden State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean you know they uh, they proved it, man. They proved they were the they were there to uh, to get it done because man that was like that was a little hard stretch for uh, a couple of games you thought they may not make it i thought know? memphis had him that one uh, they were 80 percent, like i said for a percentage to, to actually complete this and then it dropped like drastically and how about his 402 threes this year that's ridiculous yeah. i mean does he only shoot behind the arc i mean for mostly he really does but... smash brothers man yeah what are you gonna expect yeah uh do you want to talk about the playoffs a little yeah, bit let's do that let's carry in Let's carry on over to the playoffs. Let's. I'm just going to go through each round, or we'll go through each round, and we'll kind of make our picks. Maybe see if we got anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first matchup we'll talk about. Let's we'll go from top to bottom as far as the list that I'm looking at. Cleveland to Detroit. What do you think about Cleveland to Detroit? I mean, obviously Cleveland has LeBron James and 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 and, and uh, golly, it's I can't forget it right now. It's got your boy uh, Jordan McRae. Uh, you've got uh, Dante Jones. That's not important. Kyrie Irving, Della Vadova, J.R. Smith is who I was trying to think of a second ago. He's you know hot or cold streaky mm-hmm. uh, the Pistons have Reggie Jackson who played with Oklahoma City there a few years ago that's pretty good uh, they've also got Caldwell Pope uh, Steve Blake's a good role player uh, Marcus Morris one of the Morris brothers Tobias Harris there's another Tennessee player yeah, yeah. right there yeah, what do you good. think about that matchup uh, my thing is I think Cleveland 
is, mm-hmm. is on the uh, the hot seat as far as it comes to. There's going to be some roster changes and some head roll. They got to do something. Uh, at the end of the season, if they don't win a championship. I don't know if I'm sold on Luby and the coach. I do think they'll win this round, though, as far as my pick. I think Cleveland will definitely beat Detroit. Detroit's going to give them a little bit of fits. But I think for the most part, I think they win at, like, what, 4-1 to one or something Here, like that? Here's my thing with Lou. I think Lou's a great coach. Mm-hmm. He got he got all up in uh, LeBron when they were playing, I, I believe, Miami. And uh, LeBron was over kind of cutting up and, you know, and say high-fiving and, hey, with his buddies while he's a, his team's over here, uh, heads down. They just got beat, defeated. And Teron Lou goes and gets in his – you're not supposed to do this as a leader. You know, you're not supposed to do this. And he's, he's kind of setting that tone of, you know – and my problem with the Cavs right now is you know that uh, LeBron's not going to take none of the heat for this. No. for how this goes and like I said they're doing well they're doing decent enough they're going to get to the probably uh, I believe the finals could be a rematch again so um, so I don't know I believe Cleveland will get past Detroit there okay well as far as the next round you got Atlanta versus Boston now Atlanta was the uh, plucky upstart last year they had a really good season you got Boston who is almost kind of in that same role this year with Isaiah Thomas and, and their whole crew uh, let's see Atlanta still got Jeff Teague they still got Dennis Schroeder Kirk Heinrich uh, Kyle Korver, Tim Hardaway Jr., they got the trade from New York. Uh, Kent Bazemore, which was one of the young guys that was on their team. They uh, they, they look pretty good, but I really think that Boston is going to get them. Uh, Boston's got Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, uh, Jay Crowder, Evan Turner, uh, Amir Johnson, Jared Sullinger is another one, Kelly Olnick, who broke Kevin Love's leg or whatever last year. I like – I watched – I've watched a few uh, Boston games there this year. I watched a, quite a bit of NBA, but – Boston has a great coach in Stewart, mm-hmm. and I think they're I think they're going to do real well. I, I think, like I said, I feel like Atlanta could uh, could could step up. Um, but like I say, Boston they've got that coach. He's kind of finally starting to turn around. It's going to even it's going to be an even game. They're uh, they're pretty both uh, evenly matched up. That's going to be a good matchup. Now the next one on the list is uh, Miami and Charlotte. Now that's that's a fun one as well because mm-hmm. Charlotte is also like a kind of a younger team. Um, in my heart, I'm kind of pulling for Charlotte where they're a pretty close team. I, I'd like to see the Hornets good again, but Miami's also got you know they got your other boy there, uh, Richardson, Josh Richardson, Josh Jay Richardson. Rich, yeah. and uh, you know can can Dwayne Wade who has like had a resurgence in his career this year because a couple of years ago when LeBron left him, you thought he was done. You know what I mean? You th- I, I thought he was done. Yeah. And Chris Bosh is out. They say he's probably not going to be back for the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that gives Charlotte a, a window. I think Miami will win this series, but Charlotte has has a chance with Kimball Walker and their whole crew. If um, uh, the center that plays for Charlotte, if he, if he comes back, because he's been injured, Al Jefferson, he's oh, a yeah. fantastic player. He's been injured all season long. Do they He'll, still have Zeller? Yes, they do. Yeah. I feel like to me the Hornets are gonna are gonna be uh, the ones to get this win uh, in this series because unless Richardson steps up and plays well, uh, like you said, Bosch being out, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be struggling. The Wade's been there; he's done it. Can he can probably pull them through? But I still feel like um, you know the Hornets are, are pretty well balanced. I mean, they're not. I won't say that they can go through, but they made a run, you know, in the past. Listen to some of these crazy good players for Charlotte: Kemba Walker, Jeremy Lin, 
Courtney Lee, Jeremy Lamb, who played at UConn, uh, Nicholas Batum, who a lot of people don't know about. He was awesome in Portland, all mm. right? And he's been kind of under the radar because Charlotte's kind of a smaller market team. Mm. You got Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Marvin Williams, Frank Kamiski, Tyler Hansbro, Cody Zeller, Al Jefferson, Spencer Hawes. They've got like a really good team. They're all oh, yeah. just pretty young. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Those are all names that if you watch college basketball, you know who that is. Yeah. So uh, That's the thing. I feel like they're, they're stacked as far as really – it's just how well they're going to mesh – you know, are they, are they at that point yet? Um, and, you know, like I said, I feel like Jordan's trying to been kind of trying to build that piece it together. And uh, they're definitely building it and they're, they're getting, getting better. Courtney, year Lee, by year. Courtney Lee came from my team. I know. And, you I'm know, sure so you I got to support him. him uh, so with that, and he's doing well from what I hear. So who do you think is going to win that series? Charlotte. I think Miami's going to. I think the uh, I think the leadership and the veteran. I think they, this is probably going to be one of Miami's last runs, mm-hmm. but I think they will get to the next round, yeah. and then um, and then they're either going to face Toronto or Indiana. Now Toronto and Indiana, holy what a snoozer! Oh my God, Toronto and Indiana. I do, I could honestly I could not care less about this series. You know who I think the only people who care about this series is people that actually live in Toronto or Indiana. Like, yeah. If Paul George comes out and lights it up, awesome. That's but. my thing is is Paul George's battle. They should have when they traded off. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, they they split that team up a couple oh, of years Hibbert. back. Hibbert went to Hibbert. the Lakers, and mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like they. What were they thinking? I mean, it was almost like an Oklahoma City, uh, James Harden situation where you trade off your your uh, one of your three. Uh, so I, I don't. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, but I feel like the, the uh, Toronto Raptors will uh, get this. I mean, they've got the better record, uh, showing that uh, they've. They've kind of they've been there. They got they got a little bit of a better team um, going now into this. I'm looking at all that roster. There's that team is boring. Is either one of those teams? What do you got? Toronto, Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, Damari Carroll, who was one of the big stars for Lowry's the Hawks last bad, year or whatever. Man. I mean, they're fine, but they're not anybody you're gonna like jump out of. Oh, I can't wait. To no, watch I mean, this. we're not gonna say these people are going yeah. to the finals. <laughs> saying, I mean, you is, asked me who won. <laughs> no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the most boring series. It's as far gonna as be a I'm rough concerned. one. I mean. Um, but I think that um, in this series, I, honestly, I think Indiana probably, in my opinion, has a better shot. I'm going to call Indiana because of Paul George because he right. is like the biggest superstar in the whole thing. Sure, DeMar DeRozan can dunk. Kyle, Ra- Kyle Lowry can get some assists or whatever. But you've also got George Hill on the other side with the Pacers, hmm. who's a pretty good, solid player that came from San Antonio a few years back, and he's he's good. Yeah, it's going to be a decent little like I said, I mean, for weaker teams, it's going to be a decent matchup. But I, I still feel like Toronto is yeah, Toronto. going to pull out. I'm going to, I, we all know I'm good at picking stuff, Michigan State. Um, next is the, we're going to go to the West. At the one <laughs> versus the eight, that's Golden State versus Houston. Now, Houston gave Golden State fits last year in the finals, in the Western Conference finals, which is ridiculous because Houston has been terrible this year. Yeah. And it's almost like Dwight Howard hasn't wanted to play. Uh, you still got James Harden. Uh, they, they, I believe they, they got back Josh Smith after he left them for a little while and went to the Clippers. Uh, what I like with Houston is Beverly. Uh, you know, Harden's a good uh, player, but I, like I said, my my thing with Houston, I feel like they they don't flow that well. No, uh, they look every, disjointed. And, you're right. And you talk about Howard. Howard, man, I just he's a nightmare every time I feel he like goes he's anywhere. A, like he's ever kind since of a big he left, baby. ever since he left Orlando, that was the biggest mistake he ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had it made down there, man, and uh, he's not done anything wherever anywhere he's went. Uh, L.A. He was a flop, so. Uh, he's kind of repeating here. I don't, I don't think Houston's going to stop Golden State's run. I got Golden I State. So. I, got, I got them too. Yeah. Next next game would be the four versus the five C, which is the Clippers versus Portland. Mm. Now, this one is exciting because 
the Clippers are, are fun to watch with the, you know, they call him Lob City sometimes with Blake Griffin because he dunks all the time. He's, he's, he's developed a little bit of a jump shot. Um, they've, of course, got Chris Paul, who's always fun to watch. J.J. Redick is always splashing threes. Mm-hmm. There, there's all kinds of good players. That's like an all-star team as far as that goes, and coached by Doc Rivers. I mean, they're a, they're a very good team. But then you've also got this young team in Portland mm-hmm. with, um, Dar- oh, my gosh. Lillard. Yes, Damian, Damian Lillard. Lillard. Sorry, it, no, drew, drew a blank right there. Yeah. I like Portland. They got uh, Plumley too. Yeah, Plumley yeah. is a center. Yeah, um, Aminu. Like I said, there's there's some decent players that are uh, that can there's compete. There's some decent players, but again, they're younger. They're they are. Younger and my thing is with the Clippers. Uh, I feel like the Clippers. That's another team. I mean, they're they're further down the route of you know there should be some heads rolling after this season. I mean. You would you, one would think because yeah. they have supposedy been building a championship they team for years and team, buying all these and man, players and they've spent I mean so much money and I mean there's great players I mean don't don't get me wrong man um, like I said uh, uh, Griffin uh, Griffith is that right Griffith Blake Griffith, uh, Blake Griffith that I I'm trying to think about if it was T H or Griffith uh, it's gri- Griffin like like that Griffin that, that bird with the I-N. bird dog okay, thing, or lion so, thing yeah yeah that's right so my problem with it is though is is I mean, you've got all that star talent, and they hype them up so much. I mean, they commercials and all lot. this stuff, and and they dropped out like what uh, was it first or second round? They seem to I mean, never get it done. Yeah, I think it was the second thing. round, but it they they seem to never they seem to never get it done as far as that goes. I think I think I'm going to give it to the Clippers. In I think this, the Clippers are going to get it in this first round because right. Portland still is so young. That I feel like they need another piece. They lost Aldridge. He's in San Antonio now. Yeah. All that they've got all they've got is Lillard now as far as like their star power goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't I don't see uh, Portland getting it. If they do, it's going to be exciting. It'll be fun, you know, oh, yeah. for everybody in Portland, but the Clippers I think have got that too. Now the next matchup is in in the bracket here is the 3 versus the 6, which is Oklahoma City versus Dallas. Yeah. Now it used to be a few years back this would have been an awesome oh, yeah, series. Awesome like, matchup, yeah. but I don't know what's happened to Dallas since they fell off yeah, the finals with Miami. Um, uh, Cuban man, he's paying money out for this stuff, but he's paying money for him. But all that you know, Dirk Nowitzki, that's that's, uh, that's about it down there. Uh, I just I, I feel like uh, the uh, the Thunder are going to get something done here, um, you know. And I really like I was talking about earlier. I wished Harden was still there mm-hmm. uh, because honestly, they were a rival to the Memphis Grizzlies uh, a few years back, um, but. I mean, they've fallen off, and it's it's sad. I almost liked watching them, um, you know. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to go down. But I, I feel I feel like uh, Nowitzki and stuff. They're at the end of their run, and uh, you know OKC is going to get this win. I believe OKC. I feel like they're it's it's time it's time for them to get something done too because they've been building toward this, and I believe mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Westbrook are both coming up oh, for yeah. unrestricted free agency after next season. Um, I think they're going to win this series. Uh, Oklahoma City's fun is another fun team to watch. Russell Westbrook's a little annoying, but Serge Ibaka. Th- that team, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there's that's a that's a good team. Oklahoma City's going to get that one. The last matchup is one that's very close to Darren and yeah. also Dustin. San Antonio versus Memphis. Uh, now, San Antonio, you got the old guard. That was almost like the original blueprint for a lot of teams. What they're doing in the NBA now, building through the draft. And, and Euro League and stuff like that. They're a well-built team. They have been for years and years and years. They are the pillar of consistency in the NBA. And then you got the Grizzlies, who are a good team, but I feel like a lot of times they're stepping on their own feet, trading players away and doing stuff. They had a good thing rolling, and they were building. And then I don't know who got to doing what they were doing, t- tinkering with it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Gasol went down, and they just decided, ah, the season's done. Let's just trade everybody off. Uh, Courtney Lee went to the Hornets. That was a big hurt to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Green getting traded. 
it's it's been a it's been a rough go of it because I honestly in the past couple of years I've been a little spoiled. Mm-hmm. I won't say uh, because man, I mean, like, like even last year, uh, Curry and them had had a hard time a little bit for mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of games they got on us. But man, honestly, like uh, they were there for a couple of days there. You were talking how Curry was getting shut down by Tony uh, Tony Allen, and mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, it was it was one of these things. And I'll come into this year, and I'm thinking, man, here we go. This is going to be great. We got Stokes. He can give the guys a rest, you know, Gasol and uh, and Randolph and. Gasol goes down, and now Randolph's playing just rough. We have nothing left on the inside, uh, and and as far as uh, uh, you know, picking up um, uh, what's his name, uh, the I other apologize. green kid. I can't remember what his name is either. Uh, he missed the name. other the shot the other night. Uh, oh, Lance Stevenson blowing your ear. Is, he loves LeBron. Kills me. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. He's annoying. Yeah, so I don't know what they were thinking there. Uh, he was a very risky pickup. But uh, you know I'm going to pick my, my Grizz, but it's not going to happen. I'm picking San Antonio. It's San, San Antonio's. I mean, as far as this whole field or whatever, San Antonio is probably the closest team to beat if they're at full force to be able to beat Golden State or mm-hmm. give them a challenge. I would say Oklahoma City or San Antonio, that's easy to say. Okay. Um, as far as in the East, anybody to challenge. It's almost like it's Golden State's up for grabs. It's like the UConn women's team or whatever. Everybody's expecting Golden State to win mm-hmm. with this record and the way they've played last year um in the east i see cleveland maybe let me see who else possibly boston is because they gave them fits yeah. and they don't care it's like boston's so young they don't young and i hate to say dumb but like they don't they're not scared they don't know to not be scared brad right. stevens i said Stewart earlier brad stevens is their coach and i think they're actually really heading in the right direction but yeah in that series i've got san antonio for sure yeah yeah like i said it's it's gonna be a, a rough series i think to watch for me mm-hmm. uh, personally but uh you know, uh, like I said, I always, I always feel like that uh, the Grizzlies grind, uh, no matter uh, who. And like I said, they they pick up some of these players that maybe, you know, I, I may not. I'm sorry, I may not recognize some of their names still yet. Oh, yeah. But uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna come up players, role players that should step up and, and fill those roles. So we always find those players who uh, maybe on their last leg. So I, I like to see an interesting matchup there. But uh, that's pretty much I think uh, gonna do it for us in this quarter, isn't it? Oh, it's a sleepy quarter, yeah. It is so uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap it up here and uh, move on to uh, ending it for this week. And um, we want to thank you guys for checking us out and listening to us here again thank you on so much. Uh, the TSP. And uh, of course, if you got a business or uh, you want to sponsor us or anything like that, you can send us a message over to the show uh, website at thescoreboardpod.com and click on the contact tab and send us a message. Or you can email us at uh, thescoreboardpodcast.com or uh, scoreboardpodcast at gmail.com. Sorry. And uh, like I said, thanks again, guys, for listening. And uh, my name's Darren. And my name's Mike. And tune in next week for another episode, and we'll uh, catch you on the Scoreboard Podcast. See ya.